This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dear young married couple, if you're like us, you're a mom or dad of one, two, three, or maybe more kids, and at least one of them is a strong-willed child. Yes. And right now we are navigating this reality, (laughs) and it's uh, been very interesting. We've had to learn and... um, grow with our three-year-old that's for sure we thought that our five-year-old was a strong-willed child she was not (laughs) i mean she definitely has a will of her own she's expressive and we thought we were dealing with a strong-willed child but we are learning that our three-year-old is testing us more than our five-year-old ever tested us he's the ringleader in the classroom (laughs) (laughs) so we have went on our own learning journey to figure out, okay, well, how do we approach this? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to change our approach that we used with Adeline, our uh, firstborn. And um, what we've come up with is starting to work. We got a great text today that Forrest was actually doing really great. And he was the mascot winner of his class. <laughs> he earned the froggy and he got to lead prayer at chapel. So today, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, today we're just being real with y'all and we're just going to talk about our own journey, foray into um, how we have attempted at. Um, working with his behavior. Yes. So we're going to give you three parenting strategies that are actually helping us right now. And we're going to give it to you in hopes that it might help you as well if you're in a similar boat. Yes. All right. So before we get to the three strategies, rethinking strong-willed child or defiance. Yeah. This is important because when we say defiance or strong-willed, at least for me, it set up this predicament that I looked at him like he's defiant. So it's kind of something he's doing at me or against me. And so it's kind of like me versus him. Mm. And of course I'm going to win. So I'm going to be all, you know, serious and overbearing. But is that really producing in him uh, really what I want to create? Safety and uh, freedom of expression mm-hmm. with boundaries, right? And and some of those aspects that I really want, I don't want to shut down all that. Which, you know, that also shuts down creativity. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't even like what that brings up in me. So we've had right. to look at this differently. Like, is it really defiance, or is it maybe something else? And that's a good question to ask yourself. How is the way you're looking at this making you feel as a parent? Right. When you think about your child and what you're dealing with, does it make you feel closer to your child mm-hmm. or further apart? Do you feel kind of distant from your child or angry with your child when you think about it in this moment? Yeah. So 
we were not thinking about it in a way that engendered warm and fuzzy feelings. No, I definitely <laughs> showed up kind of frustrated, really. Like, yeah. really, this is kind of against me. And why aren't you treating me good? So it kind of became more about me mm. than what a three-year-old is, you know, he's experiencing life and trying to learn and there's so much going on. So is how I'm showing up to this party, uh, helpful? Yes. So a a new lens through which you can view this situation is my child is seeking autonomy, right? He wants to be his own person Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know how to self-regulate. He hasn't been trained yet. Maybe we've tried to teach him and give him words, but training is different. And we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he doesn't really feel seen in his emotion. So he's seeking autonomy, doesn't know how to regulate and doesn't feel seen. Right. And actually like a few months ago, I had this realization that maybe Forrest isn't feeling seen. Mm -hmm. So I went way out of my way to really spend time with him, to get on his level, to look him in the eyes, to love him, to give him that hands-on that he really wants to play with him. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't only showing up as the disciplinarian. We're all for, you know, discipline, but there has to be a juxtaposition of discipline and love. Um, So that kind of mindset shift of like, Hey, I want to make sure that he knows we, that he is loved. And he actually, it says all the time, like when he gets in trouble now, he says something like, dad, do you still love me? And, and then he knows the responses. Yep. And I always say, Forrest, I'll always love you. And he's like looking for that exact uh-huh. response. He's like, okay. You know? Yeah. Because my love is not conditional, right? right? I don't shut off my love when he's when he does something that's that angers me, right. <laughs> hopefully I don't show up in that way. Um, cause it's not the penal system. I'm not trying to punish him for when he does wrong. Right. It, cause it's not against me. Right. We want to train. We're training. So I yeah. show up with love. I always try to show up with love. So that was one thing, but it's not enough. I don't think to only show up like with, I see you cause that's not going to always correct his behavior, but he's also, needing to be trained with his impulse control. Like a three-year-old has hardly any impulse control. Like, hey, I'm playing with Legos right now. I really don't want to get up because my dad says, come over here. I'd rather play with Legos. So I'm going to play with Legos, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so, or you, you could think of a thousand different things where he hasn't figured out how to regulate this is what, what do I do right now? What's the correct thing to do right now? And I have my own, desire to do this, what should I do or how to overcome that desire to do this? Mm -hmm. So with that reframe, we're going to give you three parenting techniques, parenting tools that we are utilizing right now with Forrest. And so here's number one, empathy building. One thing that's really helped us, I would say in the last six to nine months, maybe even longer Mm -hmm. is a tool called two things are true. So He's playing with Legos. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to get up. We've asked him to get up and do X, whatever that is. Or maybe we need to get going. We need to go somewhere. And he, you know, doesn't get up or he throws a fit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we use this technique called two things are true. So we say Forrest, 
two things are true. You really want to keep playing Legos. It's so much fun. I love playing Legos too. You're, you're building this empathy. You're relating with him. You're recognizing what that emotion is. Um, you know, it's so much fun. It's exciting. It's also training him what, what he's feeling right now. So like he's throwing a fit. So he's frustrated. He doesn't want to do that. You're frustrated that mommy and daddy asked you to get up so we can get ready. And you're having a good time. And I I get it. You don't want to get up and, and get in the car right now. So that's one thing. And here's the second thing that's true. We are leaving right now. So it's time to get up and get in the car. And when we come home, depending on the time and what's going on, maybe we can play Legos again or maybe tomorrow. So the two things are true. It shows them, I see you. I, I see how you're feeling. And here's the boundary. Um, so it's a, it's a really good way to set parameters. And what's really cool is it's, I, I feel like the fruit of this method is um, showing just last week. Um, I asked him, were you here or were you not here? I don't know. So I, I um, sharing right about now. <laughs> the bath oh, yeah. and I was like, I was like, Forrest, I was like, um, we, we got to get dressed, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I want to take a bath. And I was like, Forrest, you, you're clean. We took a bath. It was either that last night or earlier that day. And it was like, we're going to an evening something. And I was like, you're clean, buddy. You don't need a bath and we don't have time. We, we need to get, we need to get going. And he's like, I want a bath, mommy. And I'm like, Forrest, stop. He was starting to melt. He's getting on the floor. And I was like, we're not throwing a fit. Get off the floor. We're going to get going. And I didn't use like any empathy, right? And he goes, mommy, do two things are true. (laughs) I was like, yes, it's working. He wants that. He wants us to be empathetic. So I did. I was like, you're right, Forrest. Two things are true. You really want a bath. It would feel so cozy and warm and and you would have so much fun playing in the bath. And you're disappointed that we don't have time for that. Mommy says it's time to get dressed and go. We're not taking a bath right now. And he did it. He's like, okay. I'm like, wow, like he is not quote unquote compliant like that. But when he got the two things are true method after he requested it, he was totally fine to go with the flow. It's really amazing. I mean, really two things are true is really empathy. Yeah. You know, putting yourself in their shoes and reflecting back to them what they're probably feeling. Mm hmm. That's a fantastic way if you're trying to work with your spouse. Yeah, true. Like that, you can use this in business. Anything, marriage. anything. Yeah. Um, it's so powerful. But, I mean, they've even done uh, scans to the brain that when people connect with the empathy and emotion, they connect on a different side of their brain mm-hmm. than when they're trying to, like, reason with them. Yeah. So once they have that, like they're connected and they have that safety, then they're much more liable to go over to the the logic side of like, yeah, it probably is time to go right now. So that's something really simple. Um, it does take some discipline to do in the moment because we just want to say, you know, I'm the parent, you, you obey, go. Right. But I think this method really does also train their emotions, which we've seen, there are so many people who haven't ever trained emotions with their kids or let's say the adults haven't been trained themselves about emotions. Mm -hmm. And so they pass that down to their kids, which is 
makes life harder. Right. Emotion regulation issues are rampant with Mm -hmm. adults. So, so many adults didn't get emotion regulation training as a child. So we want to break that cycle and teach emotion regulation to our children, not just teach it, but model it. All right. Number two. Number two. Strategy number two. So you want to build autonomy, right? That's what your child wants, especially this quote unquote strong-willed child. They want autonomy. They're their own person. And there are healthy ways to build autonomy. Mm -hmm. That healthy way is not spitting in your face when you ask them to do something, right? This is something we have dealt with with Forrest. Yeah. I mean, they want control, really. Yes. This is a huge thing. Um, I think it was Dan Allender said that kids have two questions. He says, do you love me? And the second question was, can I get my own way? Yeah. Kids want control. And actually that's a good, that's a good thing. We're, we're meant as human beings to rule, to reign, right? Like that's our identity, our, um, the Imago Dei, right? The identity of God in us. Mm -hmm. So, or the image of God. So this desire to rule, I think, is very much innate in all of us. Mm-hmm. And ruling does come with control. Yeah. So how do we learn to be a steward of that control? Yes. And that's, that's another training. Um, it is. It's, it's training. And so you model that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also, outside the moment, not like in the moment, but outside the moment, um, train them on ways to be autonomous. So one thing I just started doing with Forrest, uh, was the you're in charge game. (laughs) And by the way, I got this game from Dr. Becky. Um, that's what she goes by. She has a last name, but she doesn't advertise that last name in most of her marketing. So, um, she's on Instagram as Dr. Becky. Um, and she has a podcast and I got this game from her and, um, it's where you just take a random time and you say, Hey, Forrest. And I did this. It was actually, he, he had just gotten in bed with me. Adam was golfing. And so Forrest got in bed with me. It was like six something in the morning and it was cold outside. And I said, Forrest, do you want to play a game? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, this is the you're in charge game. So you get to be in charge as long as it's safe. Cause I won't let you do anything unsafe, but as long as it's safe, you get to be in charge. What do you want to do? And he goes, I want to go outside. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, Adeline's still sleeping. It's freezing outside. And I was like, okay, let's go outside. So we didn't even get blankets or jackets or anything. We just opened the back porch and we walk out and he goes, it's cold out here. And I was like, it is. And he goes, I want to go back and cuddle and talk. And I was like, okay, sounds good. You're in charge. So closed the door, got back in bed to cuddle and talk. And, and then I said, what do you want to do now? And he goes, I want to eat breakfast. I said, okay, what do you want to eat for breakfast? And he goes, mommy, I want you to be in charge. You decide what's for breakfast. Mind you, this is our very strong willed child. Yeah, which could be uh, an argument in and of itself, right? Right. Like, that could have been. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, even what's for breakfast. He's argued with us plenty of times about mm-hmm. what he wants for breakfast. But he like shifted that within a few minutes. I mean, we were only playing. We were two to three minutes in and he said, I want you to be in charge. So this shows like, hey, you can make decisions and mommy can make decisions. And so, and there's a time for each. Yes. And then just last night, um, I was tucking him in, Adam had, we prayed for him, Adam kissed him. And then I was, uh, staying there in bed with him to kiss him. And 
we have our things that we do. And he goes, mommy, do you want to play the you're in charge game? You're in charge. And I was like, I'm in charge. And he's like, yeah. And so he's, he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm really tired. I want to go to sleep. And he goes, okay, go ahead. And he scoots over in his bed. He's like, go to sleep and I'll scratch your back. And I'm like, oh, you're melting my heart. But it shows like this method actually works. Like he recognizes when someone's in charge, they call the shot. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's starting to, to pay off. Right. Well, because when you make things forbidden, right, like it just becomes that much more desirable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, just think about it. It becomes that forbidden fruit. You know, don't spit. Don't uh, yell. Adeline was doing this really <laughs> annoying sound. All that, like, it's kind of a whistle scream thing. She twirls her R's. It's like a, but it's really high pitched, like a whistle. Yeah. Like a whistle. And so, yeah, those are annoying things, but how can we give them the autonomy to say, here's the appropriate place to do that. So they don't get angry that they're doing it. They're expressing themselves. They're wanting some control. They think Mm -hmm. it's funny, but, but what we could do is say, Hey, this is okay to do that sort of thing. But in this circumstance, we're not going to do that in the grocery store. Yeah. But Hey, you could go in your room and shut the door and and practice or as much as you want there uh, at school, her teachers or yard duties will say, um, Adeline recess is over. I'm about to blow the whistle. Do you want to be the whistle? And her shrill sounds just like a whistle. So like she loves that she can have autonomy (laughs) in that moment. But the funny thing is, is now she's not doing it in inappropriate spaces. Now she's only been doing it just because now she's figured out here's a place that it's appropriate. It's okay if I do this. Yes. Cause it's not the whistle that's wrong. Right. It's not actually spitting. That's wrong. It's spitting at somebody that's wrong. Right. Uh, it's not well, one of the things we, we dealt with with both kids is saying pee and poop. Forrest loves to say pee and poop, right? <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. And, but the words pee and poop are not bad or wrong. It's just using them in the pro- appropriate context. Right. So what we want to do is not not make that the forbidden fruit. Don't say that, right? We say, oh, you want to say that? Okay, go ahead and go in your room, close the door, or go in the bathroom because that's where we poop and pee. And you could say as much as you want. You can even say it loud if you want. You want to go say it loud? And another thing too is you can even join them in that. This is our third one, by the way, impulse control. Okay, so (laughs) training them impulse control. So not making it a a me versus them, but like how can I um, train them to do it, you know, like, Hey, I get that you want to say this Mm -hmm. because it's so fun to say. And I guess think about maybe, so (laughs) let's go do it in the bathroom together and you could join them. And what's happening is you're taking away this idea that this thing is, you know, you, I can't do that. Therefore I really want to do it. Right. Well, and when you, when you make it forbidden, we talked about it becomes more forbidden, right? But mm-hmm. not only that, it gives its identity charge. Uh, it, it makes it more of an identity behavior. Well, I like saying pee and poop. That's who I am. That's part of my autonomy, right? But you take away the identity from that when you just normalize it and it's appropriate context. Well, and if you're joining them in the bathroom and saying pee, 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 poop, 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 <laughs> like, right. as much as you want. <laughs> Um, it does take it away of like, oh, that's just a, a fun thing that I could do, but oh, well, it's not something that only I do. Right. So they can explore their identity 
in a different way. Yes. Yeah. Um, also with regards to autonomy, kind of going back to number two, um, really emphasizing when they do explore their identity in a healthy way. So one thing like Forrest at three years old knows what he wants to wear. I'm sure a lot of you have your young kiddos that know what they want to wear, but like, you know, today he didn't, he wanted to wear jeans, not what color pants you were putting khakis on him or something. Yeah, pretty much. And I want to wear jeans, daddy. Khaki, these don't go with this. I (laughs) want to wear jeans. He was sitting down trying to pull down the pant legs to get them down a little bit. Yeah, they're not long enough. Because he's sitting down. And so, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, no, we're wearing this, which would have been easier and faster. Adam said, you want to wear jeans for us? Go pick out some jeans. And so when he came back, I celebrated that. I was like, Forrest, you really are your own person. You like to pick out your clothes and you know what you want to wear. You're your own person. And he just was beaming like, Mm -hmm. yes, like I got, I can make a choice. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, it's difficult when we take all the choices away from the kids Mm -hmm. because they really want to express themselves and we leave only really, really narrow areas for them to, to, um, control. So if we can widen the areas of control and give them, you know, some form of, um, uh, what's the word we're looking for? So autonomy, yeah, some form of autonomy. Um, it really could help them just to, to, control their impulses in other places that maybe need to be controlled. So more on impulse control. Number three. Um, so we talked about joining them. That's one way to model. Another way is, um, like doing it in play. So like Forrest has a llama that he loves. And so like having the llama, you know, the llama is playing a game on his iPad and, it's time for the llama to stop playing his game. So this is outside the moment. You're teaching impulse control. You're training them. And you say, what are some things that llama could do when he's upset? He doesn't want to stop playing his game. What could he do? And what she's doing here is bringing him into the brainstorming session of like, not only like, I'm not the only creative one that has to come up with all the different ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. How about I give this responsibility to you? Yes. And then hopefully some of the things you've been teaching and training will come out in that response. And if not, you can brainstorm and give him some ideas and celebrate that. Even if it was only you who came up with the ideas, (laughs) like, yeah, high five. He could say, oh man, I'm disappointed. I don't want to be done with my iPad. Maybe I can play again tomorrow. And of course, if you exaggerate it all, he's going to like, think it's hilarious. What's happening is you're, you're just you're taking a situation that could have went really bad or maybe did go bad. Maybe it became a you versus him, his will versus your will. And then you made it fun and funny and pointed out, Hey, this is the appropriate way of, of, of responding to this mm-hmm. change. Yes. So there's that one. Um, also just games like, um, you know, you're, maybe you're doing rough play. Adam likes to do rough play with Forrest, but setting boundaries on that and saying, okay, we're going to do some fun, rough play. We're going to play swords or wrestle. Yeah. That actually helped a lot when yes. we had a place to do that rather mm-hmm. than like, he would just walk up with a sword to whack people. We're like, Forrest, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> so we're trying to manage his behavior rather than giving him an, a safe place or time that he can do that as much as he wants. So yeah. it became less of a, forbidden fruit 
Yes. I mean, that's just another place that we saw that happen. But right. yeah, rough play. Give them a sword. We'll just go at it for a while and then say, okay, now we're done. And even something like red light, green light, um, you can make the different lights mean different things. Obviously, you have stop and go. And the, you know, the stop, the red light is where you're teaching impulse control, but you can have them like, you know, orange light is lay on the ground and melt or purple light is a dance party. I got this idea from Dr. Becky as well. And so they're having fun and they're being silly, but then on red light, they have to stop or they have to go back to the beginning of the line. And the first person to the end of the line for the green light part gets a prize. Right. Because they really want to run. They really just want to get to that prize. Right. They really want to dance or melt on the floor. But they have to learn how to, oh, listen to a command. Stop. So I think this is where we could circle all the way back and say, the Bible says to train up a child. Mm -hmm. That's not to tell up a child or like, you know, command up a child. It's train. It's good. Training is so much different than telling or logicking or, you know, just using words. Training is very action oriented examples, putting yourself in the situation, you know, being creative with the situations. I think that's what training is. So if we could be a little bit more, um, and this is what we're working on, (laughs) but being a little bit more, um, open-minded about how we approach the situation, not just from like one direction of like, it's us versus him. And he's this defiant child that won't listen to us and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's, maybe he's needing some more training and some more connection, um, and some more experience. Yeah. Experience demonstration. Demonstration. Yeah. So we hope that's helpful to you. Those are some things we're practicing right now. We'll keep you updated on the journey. Maybe every so often we'll do a parenting update. Um, and if you have ideas for us, please share. We would love to hear them. You can DM us, shoot us an email. And by the way, if you have questions, um, whether that's on marriage or uh, mental health parenting, you can go to our speak pipe and record a question. And we just might feature that question in our episode. You can do that anonymously or you can include your name. Um, but we would love to answer your questions in an ask episode. It's been a while since we've done an ask episode. Yeah. So if you like this video, you found it helpful, please like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. One last thing, we have an awesome resource. It's a game that you can play with your kids called Having the Talks because one just isn't enough. And it's all about identity, sexuality, and emotional regulation. Um, All the things that we want to build into our children. uh, And it's talks over time. So you can check out that game. You can get it on Amazon Next Day Shipping. And we'll put the link in the show notes. 